everyone has access to being happy. Like, <laughs> you just you got to bring it out of yourself and just tell yourself, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be great. I'm just just keep saying that to yourself over and over again and eventually it'll come to fruition. Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you'll hear from thought leaders in a wave of goodness and progress that's well underway in the world that almost no one knows about. In this podcast, we're featuring conversations with people who are changing the world for others. I've been having these conversations for about eight years for a website called Ever Widening Circles. There, we've managed to shine a light on all the insight and innovation going uncelebrated in the world. And I've been contacting thought leaders who are doing the most amazing things for years, but never recording those conversations. So about six months ago, we decided to start doing just that and sharing them. And here we are with another wonderful thought leader in the world, Jeff Wall. Jeff is a 16-year-old who founded the, mm, oh, he's going to have to, the Golden Age Karate Foundation School. I don't know. Jeff, welcome. Tell us what you've been up to, because this is going to be an amazing conversation, but I don't want to get anything wrong. <laughs> yes. Hi, I'm Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wall. You guys can just call me Jeff. And I started the nonprofit organization, <laughs> Golden Age Karate. So yes, you can just say organization. And it's where I travel to nursing homes and I hold karate classes with senior citizens. So we take it easy and do light exercises and some basic martial arts techniques. And at the end, they get to kick my butts. <laughs> so that's probably the most fun time for them, especially. <laughs> yeah, I did see some amazing video when I was doing my homework for this episode. We recently featured Jeffrey's work at Ever Widening Circles in an article oh, early, end of March, early April 2021, maybe just two weeks ago or so. And we, our, my team at Ever Widening Circles was so impressed with your work and the interaction they had with you that they said, Dr. Linda, you've just got to interview Jeff. He's got a message for the world that's so big and so important for our times. Thank you. So, <laughs> so here we are. Hey, I, I, as I said, I did some homework and I, and I just, I had two pages of notes of stuff that I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, sounds good. Let's get into okay. it. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. So Jeff, one of the first videos that I, I saw, you said the first time you went to a dojo and they asked you to do some sort of a kick or you offered that. And the, the person at the, at the dojo knew instantly that you were in your zone of genius with this. Tell us about that moment because I've got some questions about how that works and sometimes doesn't work in people's lives. Yeah, so I was about six years old when I started and I just went up to the instructor, right? And I bowed to him because he taught me how to do that right away. And then I don't know why or what got into me. But I just did a straight up axe kick all the way up and my leg was all to the sky. And I didn't even know I could do that because I've never tried that before. And then the instructor was like, yep, this is this is the one. <laughs> so this is this is something I've been watching. You know, I've been a dentist for 30 years, Jeff. And and so and I've been a different kind of dentist. I've been really deeply involved in the lives of our patients and really know people's 
arc of time. And I've seen this over and over in parenting and families is that sometimes a kid comes into the world with their own unique alchemy that's not related to our alchemy at all or anything we knew or or anything we we even valued up to that moment. Was your family, do you come from people who were involved in martial arts? Not at all. Nobody in, that I know in my family did martial arts at all. Like, wow. even to this day, I still... But you don't come from generations of people who did martial arts. So that's that's something I love to talk to families about. The ones that embrace this little unique person that they've discovered has this whole talent. For instance, my husband was captain of the basketball team at Kentucky. And, you know, we did produce some very big children and they did play <laughs> basketball. But what if one of them had really been into chess? I often wonder, you know, what kind of parenting challenge that would have been. Tell me in that light, the kind of things that seem to work for you as far as the parenting that you got once this talent was discovered. So my parents have like always taught me that kindness rules everything. And so they and martial arts and the discipline I got out of martial arts was just amazing. So they was already like, okay, you got to You got to do this. <laughs> and the it's not even the self-defense part, but it's also the mental aspect, the confidence that it gives you just to walk around. But you know that you, you even though that you know you can hurt somebody, you still aren't just going around trying to hurt somebody like on purpose. It's only for self-defense. And so they've always just told instilled in me that just stay kind and peaceful would just be nice back to you. Yeah. So, and that is a really big part of the whole, uh, not perhaps not all martial arts, but the kind of martial arts that you're doing is this self-confidence with self-control. Yes. (laughs) Right. There's a whole bunch of respect and order and other, other things that are involved way before you ever get physical. Tell us a little bit more about that. So the first thing you always do is you bow to your instructor so like that's already a sign of respect that you're already learning at such a young age because many of my stu- or our students, they start at like, oh, they're like seven. Like a lot of them are, started around my age or different ages, like nine, 10, all those ages. So that's still instilling in them like respect level that you have for different people. And that's like the first thing you learn is the discipline and just saying, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. So like all that respect aspect is like the first thing you learn. Then you get into like the physical exercises, the kicks, the punches, all that. But it's really about the self-discipline not to use the force and the power. It's right. That's like the last resort, right? Yes. Like they said, I think of Star Wars, great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we because we had such giant kids. You tell a great story, or your mother does in one of the videos about when you were in third grade. You you had to. Oh, yeah, I'll let you tell a story. So I think it was third. It was yeah, it was third grade. One of my friends was getting picked on, and then he pretty much called on me to come help him and save him. <laughs> so, and I was just like, I'm not a superhero, but I guess I'll help you out. <laughs> And your mom I, got a call and she had to remind people that you were not <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get in trouble any, or anything because I just like stepped in and he like came at me and I was just like, uh-huh. okay, I had to discipline myself, but he never bullied anyone again. So that's okay. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, these are the choices of our everyday life in the wider world too. You know, someone says something really off color when we're out to dinner. Do we say something back? Do we, 
discipline ourselves to be kind and, and kind of measure the situation. Like, tell us more about this kindness ethos, because a lot of people might not think that that really blends with anything in the martial arts that's actually about fighting. So for me, if I was in that type of situation, like I would probably just like try my best to ignore them. Unless they get physical, then you would have to defend yourself. But you just try to step away and not hang around people like that. So just be kind to everyone because it's kind of hard to be really mean to someone if they just keep being kind to you. So <laughs> it would just start getting really awkward and everybody around you is like, why are you trying at this point? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's interesting that you should put it that way, because that, that's one of the things that I'm recommending is that we curate our incoming, you know, curate the people that we have in our, our lives or curate the people that we follow on the Internet. I mean, you know, we don't have to have the bullies and the, yeah. the folks that are driving up the drama in our lives. It's not useful. Like, what does that get to you except in a bad place with no one liking you? Just <laughs> it's not not smart. It's it, well, it's lovely that you don't have this overwhelming urge to just please others and go with the flow, it, especially with the kind of expertise that you've developed. It, it's, it's super. So let's dive into this whole experience that you've had with elders, because I really I see an age coming where we are going to start respecting our elders more than than we have in probably the last 50 years. I hear this term coming up, wise elders. And, you know, it sounds like you've gotten a great appreciation for folks who have a lot of years under their belt. This started with your own grandmother, right? Yes, because I, I always, I was actually just over her house this weekend. Like, <laughs> so I always go over my grandma's house because she lives by herself. And like, I'm pretty much like one of the only people, me and my other cousins go over her house like all the time. But I normally go by myself and just like hang with my grandma because it's for me, it's like super fun. I don't know why. <laughs> I've just always had the urge. Can I go over my Grammys? Like that's what we call her Grammy. So I always just love going over her house. Oh, great. And you kind of saw this as something that you could do to help her fitness or her loneliness or where did you see the, the, the martial arts connecting with her? Or did you just learn that this was a thing by your I, time with her? I learned that the loneliness is like real for them. And then I decided when I was 13 that I wanted to do something else and helpful. And then when I turned 14, I actually started Golden Age Karate. So Amazing. Now, how did you get connected? So the big, give us the big picture of, of how you made this leap from hanging out with your grandma to starting to interact with people in nursing homes and, and this older set. So I got my black belt and then I was like, I can help others. And then I see, I was thinking, what type of people should I help out? And I was like, kids, there's a lot of stuff for kids out there. And then I was like, hmm, the elderly. I was like, my grandma, she doesn't get a lot of, like a lot of attention because she lives by herself. And I was like, maybe other grandmas feel the exact same way. And I know my grandma loves when I come and hang out with her. So why not come out and hang out with other grandmas? And now I had a, I had a meeting with the director of the nursing home and she loved the idea. She didn't even come to, the, that's how confident she was in me. She didn't even come to the first class because she knew that I was going to take care of the seniors. And I hit it off from there. That is such that, you know, I don't want to brush over that. You know, there's a lot that goes into that little part of your story. First, you had the had to have the wherewithal to sort of, I mean, did you have to come up with sort of a pitch? 
like how you were going to talk to her about what you wanted to do than the, the person at the nursing home whose approval you needed? Like, how do you make that first meeting? How do you have that conversation? Why didn't she, and why did she think it was so, such an obvious win? Yeah, I, I like made it like a whole, like the day before I made a whole game plan. I was like pretty much what I was going to say. I was pretty much scripted, except like I just had it memorized <laughs> instead of like reading off something. I went to work with your seniors and like I had to remember everything I was going to say. And then I pre- pretty much just sold it to her. Like how, like I could tell her mood was changing throughout the thing. Like, oh, well, this might be pretty cool. <laughs> so just had to sell it. Wow. Okay. So if you first you get through the gatekeeper because that's what we all have to do. I, I I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are doing what they can with what they have to give to the world, just like you and I both. So first you have this part. You have to get over that hump where you pitch the idea to others and they give you the thumbs up. So then what? I mean, how did you know anyone would show up and and what was the actual machinations of how your first class came to be? So, like, I, I really didn't expect, like, too many people to come. But, like, it was a decent turnout for real. It was, like, eight people my first class. So, like, that was a lot of people to just be starting something and not really many people knowing anything about it. So, like, at first, the first class, I got used to everybody, just, like, asking their names, their backgrounds, and just basic things they can remember, like, if they had any other martial arts experience. And then we started doing, we didn't have that much time left, so we had, like, 10 minutes or something. And then we started doing some kicks and punches with them and some stretches with them. And then the next class, that's when we had time to really get into the the fun stuff, as people like to call it. Like they got to that class is when they got to punch me. So now it's just become an everyday thing for them. Beat up the teacher. (laughs) (laughs) There's some great video of these classes online, and we'll we're we're really good about putting things like this in the show notes. So I'll make sure Brittany puts pretty much all the things that I looked at before I interviewed you here today. There's just some things that you can't help but smile. Yeah. (laughs) Now, one of the things that you said, it was maybe it was just a passing comment, but I'd love to get you to flesh it out if you have more thoughts on it. You said that one of your goals was to give people the confidence, give them the confidence to step out of the house. Tell me what you mean by that. So for some of the seniors, like I'll give you an example. One of my seniors actually was heading out of a grocery store and she got her purse taken. And that was like, like a shocking moment for her. She pretty much couldn't, was just standing there, just standing still in shock. And now that she has come to the classes, she says she feels more confident and more ready to come outside the house if something like that happens. Like she's learned new techniques to do with like her keys or something, any handheld device she has, like a key, like she learned that she could put it in her hands and just punch away. And they'll get off off of her and hit for the eyes, the nose, the vital areas. Like she just has that confidence now. Like, oh, I'm not scared to go out at night, go get my my purse or something out of my car or go for a late night drive or something. They've just now just felt ready and prepared. Isn't that lovely? I mean, what what better thing to give other human beings than confidence? Right. <laughs> That is really, really lovely. One of the things that that you just reminded me about is the fact that one of the videos I saw, it, it was done, it had a back backdrop of a really popular pop song. It was very good. And I noticed that you had, that all of the students were in the martial arts garb. The, the gi? The gi, yeah. And 
you know, every one of them looked strong and confident. <laughs> you can it see was, it rise. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Their posture was different. And I don't know. Talk to me about that. Do you see that yourself? So I could definitely tell in like the beginning, like some of them just like didn't have the confidence all the way up there. They were slouching over, like a little bit shy. You could definitely tell that they weren't like used to doing anything. And then now I just see them walking like this, their chest all out, they're all ready. I'm like, oh, I see a little difference in you now. <laughs> Got a little bit of pep in their step. Like, it's just see the change, <laughs> just the growth of <laughs> somebody. Wow. That's just so great. Now, how did you know what to do and what not to do physically with people? You know, there, there's, I, I think there's quite a science around exercise for folks who have some years under their belt. Did you, did you do a little self-study so you knew what not to do and what to do and all that? I, I, knew, I pretty much knew everything like I should and shouldn't do with them. But I specifically asked each and every one of my students, like if you had any problems, like if you had just had knee surgery, just had shoulder surgery, anything like that. So I can just work around it and just like help you. Like if we're doing an exercise with your arms and like one of your shoulders is hurt, I'll have you put one of the shoulders down and still work one of those arms. But if you like switch arms, and you, this one's the hurt one, I would just have you stay on this one and just keep working with that one. And same for the legs. So it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy to work around. It wasn't, it wasn't difficult. Well, you know, one of the things that you said in one of those videos was lovely. And I'm sure as you see this transformation over time with people, you said their excitement gets you excited. Yeah. What I mean by that is like, if I see somebody have this is for, this isn't just for like gold age karate. This is for life in general. Like I feed off people's energy. So like, if I see someone happy, I'm going to be happy. But like, even if I see someone sad, I'm still going to be happy because that's going to make them happy, which is going to make me happy. And then we're all going to be more happy. than everyone. <laughs> Yeah. It's a mindset, isn't it? Yes. Just walk around happy. Everybody's just, you're sad. <laughs> you know, I have this poster in my office that says happiness is something you d decide upon ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just walk out the house, decide. Yeah. You do just walk out the house, decide. I'm going to make today better and make everybody feel better today. You, it doesn't start when you're just, are you there? Like, oh, I think I'm going to do that. Like in the middle of a conversation. Oh, you said now you're happy. Like <laughs> you got to walk out. It's like a mentality. Like how Kobe has his mama mentality. I got my happy. <laughs> That's so great. Now, do you think this is something that everybody would have access to? Or is it just something unique to your makeup? So uh, everyone has access to being happy. Like <laughs> you just, you got to bring it out of yourself and just tell yourself, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be great. I'm just, just keep saying that to yourself over and over again. And eventually it'll come to fruition. So it's so easy these days to, get into one of those downward spirals of overwhelm with the pandemic and the economy and all the strife and politics. Oh my gosh. It's just, you know, it's so easy to go down the downward spiral. And it sounds like you pretty much pay attention to what you're giving your attention to. Yeah. I wouldn't say I ignore the negativity because it's obviously still there. And there's a pandemic. I kind of have to worry about that and wear my mask, but I don't, I don't think of it as like a deadly virus, you know, I just think of it as just, I have to be more careful in my everyday life. So I, I would still do the same thing, except I might put more hand sanitizer on, like after I do something and like in a situation I more than likely wouldn't do, I'll wear my mask when I'm in a group of people, 
So I just think I just live my life how I would if it was no pandemic, but just still keeping precautions, even since it is a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's you've made it part of your fiber to be yeah. fearful. Never fear anything. That's pretty much my motto. <laughs> like, just just uh, don't do anything like would harm you. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. okay to fear that. But like anything else. What doesn't kill you make you stronger. So <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I have so many th- more things to ask you about. We're going to take a break and tell people about this wonderful organization that we've recently launched, a place where people like you and I and other people who are trying to do good in the world can find each other and be multipliers for each other's goodness. So let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll continue to talk. Sounds great. Do you thrive on learning from and collaborating with others for the good that's in the world? And becoming a better version of yourself, both personally and professionally, every day? We have built something just for you. The Conspiracy of Goodness Network. You can be a part of the first networking platform that prioritizes personal and professional growth as we work together to make the world a better place. The Conspiracy of Goodness Network is a vetted platform of entrepreneurs, creatives, and professionals who are committed to making the future brighter for us all, people like you. On the network, you can ask questions and find help with projects, share trusted resources, request and attempt workshops, expand your network of thought leaders, and learn from the experience of others to catalyze your work, interests, and passion projects. This is a place where All of us who are doing something to improve the world, large and small, can flourish. The $35 a month membership fee includes attendance to exclusive monthly happiness hours, where you can hear from amazing speakers and influencers. It includes participation in monthly community challenges that will improve your own life and the world around you. You'll have access to the network's mentor match service to grow exponentially in your insight and decision-making. And you'll get automatic discounts on all of our courses and events. So join us, co-conspirators for goodness around the world. Those who are doing anything they can to make the world a better place are coming together on this network to collaborate, and it is time we find each other. Go to conspiracyofgoodnessnetwork.com for a simple three-step questionnaire to apply to be a member today. Let's connect, collaborate, and change the future. Okay, we're back. Thank you so much for being here with us. So Jeff Wall is a martial artist who has decided to spend a good bit of his time helping others learn martial arts who are in their later years. And he started this whole adventure to share his gifts with folks in their, in their senior years when he was 14 years old. So now you're 16 with all this two years under your belt at this. What do you aspire to next with this? Tell me what the future looks like for you. So what the future looks like for me is I'm definitely trying to expand this and make it First off, it's kind of already doing it. So I'm I'm okay with that. But it's trying to go global. I've already gotten different messages from people from Australia 
in like far, far places that place I want to go to, especially when it goes to Australia. That'd be very fun. But <laughs> that's besides the point. But I've always been getting these messages like, oh, here from India, uh, supporting you from Australia, <laughs> supporting you from Africa. So like it's already doing what the job is. Now I'm just trying to travel and spread the message even more to all of those places globally. That is so exciting. You know, it sounds like you're just so in the service of others that this thing is taking on a life of its own sort of organically. Yeah, it's just naturally expanding. I didn't expect this to be, for it to be this good in like less than a year, like a few like months ago. Like when it was when it first hit a year, I was like, dang, I've already been on something that has a million plus views. <laughs> I was not <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> and now it's just normal. <laughs> Well, you know, that, and, and that proves a point that we talk a lot about on ever-widening circles. We like to say that goodness can be viral, too. Yes. You always see these negative things, like people fighting, people talking trash. You always see those negative things on the internet, but it's always good to see something bright and positive. Lovely. And you've got some real, you know, this isn't all just sparkles and light. You've, you've had a few stories where people have actually physically improved their lot in life. Like you have a good story about a woman who had s- severe diabetes that was improved by this fitness, all this fitness and, and insight in her life. Tell us about that story. So we had one of my students, she had diabetes, right? And she was on four pills a day before, before all this golden age karate. And then after Golden Age Karate and still going, she is down to one pill a day. So she's doing really good, keeping up with her cardio as well. Even outside, she's now starting to run around her building. So like she's just keeping in shape and now she's doing even better. Hopefully she gets off of it soon. Wow. So this is, is this the same person that walks miles a day? I mean, I'm sure you're Actually, a-, that's a different person. <laughs> oh, that's another person. Another person is Sandy. She gets on her treadmill and walks eight miles a day. I was like, I don't even do that. Miss. <laughs> I, I, I probably, even if you counted all my steps, I probably walk about mm, probably like five, six, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, you know, and this is, you know, you're proving a really important point to us all that you know, if you have a passion, a hobby that you can share with even one other, this is a gift. Yeah. This is a gift. You know, it, you said in one of those videos that it makes you feel better to make others feel better. It's just like transfers back to what I said. When someone else, I, I feed off energy. If somebody's feeling happy, then I'm going to feel happy too. <laughs> so like, it just helps string it up. Everybody just all feel happy. All right. So this is what we need. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we need some talks. of this going on in this world. You yes. know, I, I also have this notion that that you're part of a wave of people, your generation, millennial, your generation, that is looking at what they can do with what they have. And you really want to be net contributors. Do you think you're unusual for your generation? Because here's something I noticed in a few interviews. People always acted very surprised that you would be wanting to help others at the tender age of 15. And I found that to be a little bit insulting (laughs) because like, why wouldn't you want to help others? That should be the normal way it is. Yeah. It doesn't feel like abnormal for me, but like now that I see it, everybody's not like kind to everybody. (laughs) So like 
everyone at my school, well, I wouldn't say everyone because I don't know everyone at my school, but the people I hang around, they're all nice to everybody. So I never really got to see anybody just like blatantly being mean to someone. Mm-hmm. So like I'm already always used to just everyone being happy and nice to each other. And there's a whole another side of the world that's just dark and just yeah. mean for no reason. So I always I want to spread it to where everyone in the world is just nice and happy and just joyful towards each other and just make it a big chain reaction to everyone just being kind. That is so lovely. Now, let's see. I, I had a question here. With the Golden Age Karate nonprofit, is there like a website? Can people actually look this up and help you? Can they donate to you? How do people connect with you in, in this and help? So I'm currently making a website right now. But how people can connect with me currently is definitely through my Instagram. And you can send, I think you can send DMs through YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. But it's still at Golden Age Karate. And you can send donations through there as well. But that's not the, the name to do it. I, I think it's Jeffrey-Wall-13 or something like that. It's something complicated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, by the time this, this episode airs, it'll be about two weeks from now. So <laughs> we can nail that down and we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. That's, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> because I know there will be people who want to do what they can to help you grow this movement. Definitely. People already have been donating to me. That's how I got the uniforms. And I also, to show my thanks to them, I got their names and bordered into the, like the back of the gi. So like their names is just always going to be stuck with that student that they gave to. And I raised enough money to get some uh, uniforms for all of my students. So that's just, oh. you can see that people actually want to help me with my, my organization. I tell you, it made all the difference in the world. There was something different about those folks once they put on the gi they i don't know i my brain stopped focusing on how old anyone was yeah, it just looked like they were powerful and doing what they they could do yeah it looks like they turned into superheroes like every everyone was just like huh. now we got the gi on they're like yeah you guys can't stop me <laughs> i know it was so awesome it was so awesome okay so as you go along here, do you have a, a grand scheme of things? Have you have you had anybody approach you of starting another another offshoot of this in another community or anything? Do you want that? I want that, but people haven't been started doing that yet. Okay. That, that'll probably come later. Okay, because here's what I like to ask innovators like yourself. I did an interview with a wonderful woman named Principal Linda Clyde Wayman. It's in the podcast. It's one of the earlier podcasts. And Principal Wayman was is the is the woman who turned around the fourth most dangerous high school in America by loving kids. She has this amazing message. And I asked her the question I'm going to ask you, and somebody heard that podcast and her project got funded shortly afterwards. So I like to ask people doing the kinds of things you're doing, you know, is there one thing that if it happened in the next couple of weeks would change everything, would help you launch, would help you get to the next level that you'd like to see this project? What do you need? There's not one specific thing, but like anything helps, like the no- donations. Like if you send like an old uniform that you have, like, like anything would help. Like it's not specific something that I need. But all of everything, that's that's it. Everything helps. <laughs> okay. Like my kids all did martial arts. I've got their a lot of the belts and things like that. I, I just couldn't bear to part with. If people have <laughs> these sort of things around that you would take those? Yes, definitely. Oh. 
be right there. Oh, I don't know if you can see, but got my belts right here. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. Great. Oh, I think the tear might be in the way. Uh, no, I can see. And you're looking, oh, you look at, you know, Jeff, I feel bad. I, I noticed every other person gave you the opportunity to talk about all your your the actual Trophies. competitions that you've done, and I haven't even said a word about it. Tell me about some of the competitions that you, that you've been in, and kind of that arc of competition, how that's gone for you. So I, I'll probably say my favorite one first. So my favorite tournament would probably be the Hall of Fame tournament, partially because I got inducted to the Hall of Fame when I was ten. So that that probably helps a little bit, and it, that that's like a yearly tournament. It's in Indiana, so that's probably that's that's one of the farthest tournaments we go we've gone to. Now I'll say the Kentucky that might have been farther than Indiana for us because I live in Ohio. Okay, so it's it's pretty far, but I got a few medals like right here. Just one, just have one laying around. You got one on my door. And then you got a bunch of trophies back there and then a bunch of trophies in my actual room. So they're all just like spread out and I haven't lost. So they all say first place. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're kidding me. You haven't lost? No, in the sparring portion, no. I've lost in forms. Okay, so so you're a natural. This, and you know, <laughs> back to that point, I'm going through, I've got a question I want to ask you about something I came across. And to that point, you know, you could be doing other things with your time. Right. You could be continuing to compete and all that, but you're you're giving your time to others. Yes. Do you feel like that's a good trade off? Yeah, I feel like it's a good trade off because I can still manage my time and still do Golden Age Karate because I play other sports as well. I'm a big basketball guy mm-hmm. and um, my team, UCLA, got knocked out by Gonzaga, which is really sad. But I still, <laughs> I still got time to manage and do everything still try to go to competitions when we have them and just stay on track and stay with my schoolwork. Nice. So I was looking, I came across this way of thinking about managing your time recently. And it was taken from a martial arts person who made a point to say that we can't always be fighting. He said that you have to have a part of your day that's active rest now that means you're really resting, not resting and scrolling through your Facebook page, not resting and just watching whatever on Netflix, but truly resting. You said you have to have active rest. You have to have at least about five hours a day training. And then the fighting should be just a couple hours a day. Now he was using a metaphor for business. So the training part of business, of course, is learning, learning about your customers, learning about your business, learning new skills and all that stuff. And he was making the point that most of us usually spend all our day fighting. (laughs) I want to get your take on this, these parts of the equation. So do you actively rest? Like, what do you do? Are you into anything else? You you just told us you're into basketball and so forth. But, you know, what do you do to rest? I definitely need my daily nap. So like literally resting, I, de- I definitely need that. It's not, my naps aren't long. They're like an hour. And then I just get up and go do something else like basketball. I just go and dribble around. I practice my forms. So like I, I still do everything and train and then like go to like actual practice, like after I do all that. So I still have time for resting and then text people and all that stuff. Uh, good stuff but then i still gotta have that that nap <laughs> that's probably like that's probably my favorite part of the day because that nap after school oh i'm telling you it's different 
I'm done. <laughs> Hold on to that bad. thought. Never change. <laughs> Never change. I have it's the same easy. schedule pretty much every day. It's easy to let go of that rest, that that nap, that resting part of the day when you become a, a busy person with lots yeah. of things that you think you need to do. I love talking to you and really thinking about how you're spending your time because you're sitting there saying, oh, well... <laughs> I've got all these awards. I only win first place when yeah. you are fighting, when you are competing, but the rest of the time you're training yeah. that you're training your body, you're training your mind. I think that's a good takeaway for, for those of us who are out in the business world or are trying to manage personal lives that are super complex right now is that we've got to take the time to train and rest. Yeah. You, you can't you always be, be fighting. To, you won't be able to perform good in like, a, a game situation if you're not practicing those game situations outside of when no one's looking so like say for basketball for instance if you're not shooting any shots outside of outside of uh, the games then you're not going to do any good so you always got to keep training if, if you want to learn some new martial arts moves you can't just learn it during the, the match you have to teach right. yourself and learn the techniques outside and practice them I love it. I, I, I love I, I love your energy, Jeff. Thank so you. if people want to connect with you, you're saying that they can direct message you or instant message you on, on Instagram? Yes, I answer my DMs. DMs. Okay, and they great. can email me. It's still also goldenagekarate at gmail.com. So okay. like everything I have that you can message me on is Golden Age Karate. So just <laughs> just search that up and you'll find it. It's free. Okay. And we will put all the contacts for Jeff in the show notes so you can find those there. So, Jeff, do you have a, a few favorite quotes? I bet you you're a, a man that remembers a few odd pieces of inspiration once in a while. Let's see. Hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. That's probably my favorite one. <laughs> now, wait, go through that again for me. Hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Uh, that, I'm trying to remember one of my uh, the Kobe ones. But it's like, it's, it's very long. <laughs> if I saw it, I would definitely remember it. Okay, but, well, if you think of it, you can send it to Brittany and we'll put that one in the show notes because I'm sure it'll be it'll be inspiring. Yeah, I'll def- I definitely will remember it right after this. <laughs> so I always like to ask my guests near the end of our interviews, you know, uh, the conspiracy of goodness is this movement that we're pointing to at ever-widening circles. It's this enormous wave of goodness and progress happening in the world that almost no one knows about. And you're part of it. I'm part of it. Most of the people that would listen to this podcast are part of it. It's just not getting any light shining on it because of the overwhelming negativity in our online lives. So our byline underneath ever-widening circles is, it is still an amazing world. What proves to you that it's still an amazing world? Give me something that always reminds you that it is still an amazing world, no matter what you hear on the news. So what gives that to me is when I'm just like walking outside and I see somebody like one of my friends, like if I see them like out mowing someone else's lawn, like I just like, huh, they're still still good in the world because I know they don't live there. So like I'm assuming they're doing something for them or one of my, one of my friends. He asked me to co- uh, when it was it snows bad here. So like he asked me, hey, let's go sell some snow. I was like, oh, it's still good in the world. <laughs> so like my, some of my friends are like great examples of it. Yeah. Oh, that is that is a great way to to wrap up today's interview. I am so delighted that we got to talk, Jeff. 
Thank and you. we'll make sure to connect as many people as we can to your to your work and aspirations. Definitely. Thank you. So please check out the show notes for anything that Jeffrey and I talked about today. And if you enjoy this podcast, go rate and review it. This is one of the unusual things that I've recently discovered is that we could, we're in the top 25% of podcasts in the world, according to our downloads right now, but we could easily be in the top 1% in the next year if we get more people rating and reviewing. Somehow the podcast, the way that world works is the more ratings and reviews you get, the quicker you get more eyeballs (laughs) knowing that you (laughs) exist. So that would help us a lot. And thanks to our affiliate partners for proving it is still an amazing world. You can find the information about today's featured partners in the show notes as well. And if you order from them through those links, Everwinding Circles gets a little bit of support. And remember to check out the Conspiracy of Goodness Network that I mentioned at the break. The Conspiracy of Goodness Network is this awesome new, well, it's part social media where all the mean people who are shouting at each other aren't, (laughs) they aren't there. The people in the Conspiracy of Goodness Network are helping each other do good things in the world, becoming multipliers, and it would be great for you to check out that, that network of good people. I hope these connections to the goodness and progress in the world help carry you through your week, and I'll see you next week with another great thought leader. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Bye-bye.